Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing radio podcast blast. Mm-hmm. Class. I'm Jack. I'm Riff. And I'm Hot Stuff. You sound sad, Hot Stuff. Is everything I can right? never remember what the fuck my name is. <laughs> so I have to think about it. That's one of the reasons I prolong the I'm. It's too bad you didn't make your handle more similar to your real name. Sure, but then I would have just gotten confused midway through that, and that I'm would have been worse. Kevlarvest. Kevlarnest? Kevlarnest? Kevlarnest. Kevlarnest? Kevlarnest goes That's to jail. That's the third highest mountain camp. in the world. Riff, you only just got back from powerlessness. That's right. The the state of powerlessness. What happens? Do you think it was a flood? Uh, the website said there was like a fuse that burst somewhere. Because of a flood? Yeah, possibly. A, a desert flood? flood, like everything, just sand pours out everywhere. A tsunami. Yeah. A sand nami. Sand nami. Yeah. Are you playing sand nomic? Uh. Yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys been? <laughs> been all right. All right. Good. You too, hot stuff. Yeah. Silent. Yeah, I'm okay. You just quiet. Yeah. Because of the jokes. Yep. Sorry. It's okay. I'm a disappointment to all of us, especially you. <laughs> uh, went camping. Yeah, we did. It was yeah. good. Where'd you go? Yosemite. Yep. <clears throat> I'm I'm just waiting for Jick to use this time to tell one of his favorite jokes. I'm saving that for the real podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> anyway, we released an item of the month, and it was pretty good. We talked about it some... On the yeah, last show, right? We did the we did the last show just after. Although Riff, you weren't here. How was your? Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. How was your little biblical vacation? It was all right. Uh, parents and I went to uh, to Tucson. Tucson, yes. Tucson. To Tucson. To, we went to, to Tucson. We, we went and visited our Japanese ballerina friend to Tucson. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went and saw Tombstone, which I don't recommend because it was super tourist trap. The uh, movie. No, the the uh, the place, the pizza, <laughs> <laughs> where like Boot Hill Cemetery, which may or may not be the real original one, is and stuff. But it was mostly just tourist garbage. But we also went. Oh, into- so you're you're suggesting that it might be Reboot Hill Cemetery? Re- <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> you're on the ball tonight. Um, yeah, so we went and saw that. I don't recommend it. But we also went and saw the uh, the actual uh, biodome or uh, biosphere two, and that was pretty interesting. Hmm. I haven't seen that, but I enjoyed Tombstone. I didn't feel really? that it was. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I didn't. It doesn't bother me when a bunch of people try to sell me a bunch of stuff. Okay, that's fair. It was just that it had that sort of quality. It 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 didn't feel real. It was kind of fakey and and. Uh, you mean like a town in a time period that that's no longer years exists. prior? Yeah, yeah like, that has yeah, that the- has been preserved <laughs> without changing at all for. Do you have the same? Well, except like it colonial really Williamsburg because it's been all it's been all painted up and and I don't know family restaurantized. I think they call it gussied. Gussied up. Okay. Did you guys go to Old Tucson Studios? No, we didn't get an opportunity. You should might, have. That's might, much better. That That's a much better time. version. It's, there, it's like there definitely some other like stuff the, we wanted to see too. So, did you it's go to the Desert theme park Museum? Western, but it's an actual theme park. No, uh, those are really only, the only two things we did. Uh, we wanted to go to what was the name of that 
cavern the kirchner the, yeah kirchner caverns but we did it was uh too far away from where we were at okay. uh, to, to do it to do like it and something else in the same trip you know so right we, it was like a, a time complication but was it like too far down almost yeah. nothing else is on the way to <laughs> underground but uh uh we we felt like there is enough stuff still there yet to be seen that that's probably where we'll go again when they come out next year so okay did you did you pet a uh an ostrich uh, oh, yeah. Did you go to the Rooster Cogburn ostrich farm? No, I was not aware there was such a thing. You drove right past. Th- it's that point where you drove past thousands of ostriches and a, <laughs> like a hundred signs that say "Come pet the ostriches." Wow, I totally missed that. That must have been when I was reading. <laughs> mm-hmm. Were you, you reading a read book about car. ostriches? Because maybe it was just camouflage. <laughs> no, I, I was reading the the new book by the uh, Christopher Priest, the guy that wrote uh, the Prestige. And not the screenplay to the movie Priest. Right. Man, I kind of would like to read the screenplay to that movie. <laughs> that was a pretty good movie. Is the re- big reveal in the book that it's actually been a, a web series the whole time? Uh, you just think you're reading a book? Ha- uh, I don't... Yes, and? It, yes, and? Is that a pun? I don't get it. No, is it like like just like the Prestige? It's like a big twist right so oh, it turns oh. out it's a movie it's, yeah it turns out you're not actually reading a book <laughs> i see it does have a pretty interesting twist i don't want to talk about it though because it would spoil it uh but the book is called the adjacent it's not as uh it's not as like adventure rollicking exciting as the prestige is it's it's more subtle and it takes a lot longer before shit starts to get really weird but it does eventually start to get weird What's the time period that it takes place in? Or is uh, that would that be a spoiler? Various. various. It, 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 it jumps around various characters. Uh, the past, a, spoiler alert, the yeah, future. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, the first, like the main character for the first while is in like the near future, like uh, 20, 2030s after the, the ecological shit has really started to hit the fan. But it also spends some time in World War Two and I think World War One, and then there's some there's some other chapters that are in World War Zero. Well, like World in, War Z. in in indefinite time periods. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't. Uh, it's it's not as straight up enjoyable as the Prestige, uh, but it's it's interesting. It's. I don't great. think I realized that the Prestige was a book. Oh yeah, it's really good. There, there's some, uh, there's some cool, like Lovecraftian stuff at the end that isn't in the movie. Actually, it's kind of cool. Mm. Really? Yeah. Like I'm he taps to... into some extra stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to remember like what would lend itself to like old god type. Well, not stuff not uh, not not that Lovecrafty. It's not like old god stuff, but it's like there's some, uh, man. Like yet again, I can't really explain it more clearly because i don't want to give it away but some dangers from other dimensions maybe some uh some dark some dark shit happens i mean yeah. there's some dark shit that happens in at the end of the movie but that's yeah, more like yeah. existentially dark rather than like oh uh, then than right. otherworldly dark than okay. haunted yeah. housey dark <laughs> yeah sure. exactly yeah was it it was was it tesla in the book as well that yes okay in the book he was not played by david bowie he drove a tesla that seems weird. <laughs> Jumps around in time. They knew, yeah, they knew something was up. They were like, "Whoa, what is this? What is this madness that you're uh, that you're occupying?" It's a horseless. It's a horseless carriage. It's a, it's a horseless, horseless carriage. It's horseless, one step, horseless. One step removed from a, it's a 
Yeah, it's a horsepowerless, horseless carriage. Uh, do you guys want to answer some questions? Yeah, do you guys want to talk about the Kingdom of Loathing? Sure. Eh. Eh. I asked people for their I mean, thoughts about the not? item of the month, and apparently they don't have a lot. Oh, yeah. But some people do. Uh, Sarah Phony says, hey, guys, I'm excited to purchase the new item of the month and loving my relatively new DNA lab as well. It's finals time, so I'm about a month behind on everything, including listening to the podcast. Hello, future Sarah Phony. Kick some ass on rotations. So here's my here's my thing. I think this guy is either in screwdriver college. Yeah. <laughs> or medical school. OK. Or twirling. Oh, crop planting. Oh, okay. Crop planting over long periods of time. College. Whirling dervish school. OK. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. Wheel of Fortune School, Tasmanian Devil Training Camp, a Tasmanian Tasmanian Devil Impersonation School. <laughs> yes, um, co- communism class. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to explain that <laughs> yeah, one because uh, uh, um, of revolutions. Okay, huh? Okay, it's getting a little. Getting a little, little tenuous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Beatles a little, little bit removed school. from. <laughs> Well, it's good to hear from a. It's good to hear from a new player who's excited about things. It's good to hear from a from a yeah. new player who's. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe he's not a new player. It's a relatively new DNA lab. Do you have a player ID number in any of these? Uh, not visible things. Okay. I treat player IDs the way that I treat years. <laughs> I don't like to see them. Um, love the item of the month says cheese cookie. Not too bad of a grind. Well, that's damning it with faint praise. Huh. <laughs> Lots of options available. The tickets for people who don't want to, uh, who don't want or miss the item of the month are an awesome way to let everyone in on the action. Can't wait to get more beach bucks. That is all. No question. Just expressions of happiness. Well, thank you. Um, I, I am pretty satisfied with this as a vector for future items of the month. Yeah, me too. I really hope that it sells well enough to justify the amount of work. It seems like it's doing all right. Yeah. Um, but it, to justify the amount of work that it is relative to other stuff like this, I mean, the, but the so much it of it can it be amortized. So Fogonal, right? So we can just yeah, it's it is a place to put like it kind of serves the same purpose in my mind as the Uncle P's maps did. Only the Uncle P's maps actually started to get too much work, weird, weirdly out of hand, and also like sort of like uh like. It, too relevant I, yeah i started mm. thinking of them as a thing where oh we should make this more interesting right. economically by making it a thing where it has ascension relevance but then it's like the way that that plays out years down the road is like not super pleasant sure um but i mean that said i think the only real serious case of that was fixed with corrupted stardust sure. right because it is on the same counter as pixel well when it is limited which it it you know it is going to be just from now on after the next challenge path break, um, I think we still gotta we still gotta go over some of that. But I am guessing that almost all of the class act restrictions are the class act two restrictions are just gonna come into play permanently. I don't know. You know, people are not so gung ho about the monster level. Are you stuff. calling this class act two? No, but the the things that we're doing that we did experimentally in class act two are collectively referred to by people as the class act two restrictions. And what are, Oh, 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 so like, okay, but that's just, that, the, sta- just the changes to the stacking formulas. And, and that is not going across. That's not coming in directly as it was in class act two. I see. But like cave bars are going to be limited. Sure. As of the next break in the challenge pass, like, you know, whatever, whatever limits were in place on a lot of that shit 
is going to be in place for this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious how people feel about this item of the month in like a couple of weeks. You know, I don't know. I'm never sure. This is, there's been a kind of an interesting conversation that I haven't wanted to get into because I want to, I don't want to steer the discussion one way or another in the video games hot dog forum about like, you know, sort of monetization and ethics. And I'm never quite sure on something like this, how generous to be with people's ability to get to it without buying it. Right. You know, and it's like, once the quests are all done, like once you've done all the quests the first time, right? There is that, there is the way to, to, to reset them, which trickles in at a, you know, at a fairly good clip. They're not, that's not going to be crazy expensive, but like, I don't know where it's going to settle in terms of it being practical for somebody to like, you know, what I don't want is for somebody to be able to farm enough meat in a month to buy enough day passes to get everything out of Spring Break Beach. Right. In a month. Right. Did because you... that's too generous. Right. Like that's essentially just saying, OK, so if you buy this, you get X. And if you don't buy this, you get X. But it's like it's I, I'm you did never not sure already add bounties to this zone. We didn't. Uh, is that a plan? Yeah. I just the thing that the thing that screws me up there is I'm pretty sure that if we add new bounties, it fucks up the randomization for everybody's <clears> existing <throat> bounties that day. So adding new bounties has to happen at rollover. At rollover. And huh. so I just never think to do it. Um, okay. But what we should do is we should just look at the bounties, see what new things, because it's trivial to add them now. Sure. Right. So um, we ought to do that one of these nights at rollover. Yeah. We could do it with, we could also just do it at, at the challenge path thing as well. Just have new. Uh, I mean, that's less. That's less of a thing, I think, especially for the like special bounties that sure. most of the new ones would be anyway. I mean, we haven't had any new like normal zones. That's actually something that we haven't taken into consideration. <laughs> Some that? of those won't be regularly viable anymore, right? What are you talking about? The being able to get into some of the old zones only in challenge paths. Okay, so so you don't think anybody will do want to do bounties? No, but I mean, like a hardcore sneaky Pete, they're all inaccessible because they come from familiars, for instance, right? Like I don't, I mean, I don't think that's an issue. I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, because those are like those are basically for aftercore. Huh. Okay. Um. Hmm. Let's see. Poisonous Spike says, last show you said the challenge path still needed testing. How is the process of testing items of the month and content? Mm, Jamelli makes us lists of things that aren't done. People, I guess we haven't talked about this in a little while. Like Generally, the way that things go is that we'll sort of deploy stuff on the dev server. And there are these accounts that people on the dev team can check out that kind of have a limited ability to alter the state of the world for themselves. They can like take a snapshot of a state that they're in and revert to that snapshot so Mm -hmm. that they can like repeatedly test a portion of a quest or whatever. Or like some Um, quest items and stuff. Yeah. Or just, or just set flags to like, if they need to test something in a place that they don't have access to, they can just give themselves access to it. That kind of stuff. Those things are always a mixed blessing though, because like, yeah, they wind up, they wind up getting into situations that a player would never be in. And so sometimes there's false positives on bugs. And sometimes there's like, things that we don't 
catch because they get, you know, tested from a frame of reference that's after the bug is introduced or whatever. But, you know, generally speaking, it's fine. Right. So, you know, I mean, we, we generally get stuff in a few days ahead of time and then people get a chance to poke around. And then I ask for feedback on like how powerful things are. You know, would anybody ever pull this or what's the impact of this going to be on softcore and hardcore and whatever, you know, and then it, uh, it gets rolled out. It's yeah, it's like a weird collaboration because they will suggest a bunch of stuff and then we will implement some changes and stuff. And sometimes we'll just be like, no, you know. This is going to be different. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're changing things up and it might not seem like this is a good idea and maybe it isn't a good idea, but we want to like make things, you know, fresh and in new ways. Yeah. And I mean, we don't want to stop doing everything that we're scared of because a lot of the things that we're scared of turn out to be really great. Yeah. So, you know, and nobody knows everything. Uh, Minox says, so actually, I've heard that enchantlers are a thing because somebody suggested them. Is that true? And if yes, what else do you remember putting in because you like somebody else's idea? I'm assuming you mean like a non, non-play, non-dev, non-developer. Yeah, wasn't that like something that somebody said in the forums? Yeah, that yeah. Was really I mean, funny. it was just like a, what would, I think those might have just been, we made that item and it had a boring name. And then somebody said, why didn't you call these enchantlers? And we were like, oh yeah, duh. And yeah, that's the, it. that's that phenomenon where you're like. The player base will occasionally think of the the one in ten jokes that you didn't make that you should have. Yeah. And when they point it out, you're like, oh, yeah, that's way better. Which is way more of a thing than just saying, hey, come up with something. Right. And then they propose it. But but like, wait, wait a minute. I was really expecting this joke. Why didn't you make that joke? Oh, yeah, totally. I can't think of a whole lot of other examples of yeah. that. I, it comes up. It happens But Yeah, time. it does happen. I mean, I, I mean, that one, I think, gets talked about because it happened like live on the radio. <laughs> okay. Um, man, that that's exciting, actually. <laughs> that <clears throat> so, like the the just the live the live development stuff where people can like suggest stuff in real time, and you might just read it and say, "Yeah, that's a funny idea," yep. and put it in like, like immediately. Saturday the twenty fourth. Yep, before the end of experimental May, the grand <laughs> experiment. I think probably noon. PDT is it PDT or PST? Oh, it's PTSD. Uh, it's <laughs> noon Pacific as long time. as I don't hear any loud noises on the way to the office in the morning. Um, Pacific time. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll announce it uh, ahead of time and stuff. Um, we we've gotten some some very gracious and and very generous assistance from the Gun Run of uh, Twitch TV. He was supposed to fill in for you on uh, Thursday, Riff, but he didn't because he know. ended up being hustled across the globe for his job yeah it's such a it's such a globe trotter what does like i know he works for twitch why would twitch need to send him physically across the world because that's what he does he He goes places and like he's like a producer for events where people are using twitch in unfamiliar locations yeah Hmm. he will he will actually set up like cameras and audio streams uh, and stuff okay. like that and help help people get that all dealt with and like deal with the streaming issues and just and sort of be their liaison to twitch to like get, be as cooperative and as, as accommodating as possible yeah. when they're doing weird stuff hmm. um so yeah we, we'll have him on one of these days we need to we need to invite him back maybe we'll make a list of a hundred questions to ask him 
Maybe I will oh, track be... down one of his lists of a hundred awesome. questions no. and ask him. That oh, would be yeah. That would well, that would be great. But also just like coming up with a hundred questions for him about about his, Twitch, about yeah. Twitch and his life and and everything would be would be good. I'm not sure what your name is, right? Why does the blood face volleyball have hair? Because it's Wilson because it's hair? real world reference head yeah. hair. <laughs> Vinny B says you don't have the skill necessary to make this item. Could be changed. Uh, could it be changed to actually tell us what said necessary skill is? Yeah, that's a good idea. Because it knows. Yeah, and there's no reason to conceal that. So this, I mean, this actually does raise a question, though. There, there are times in the game where we don't want you to do something and letting you know what it is that you should be doing would be a spoiler yeah but i mean a pasta dish that you can't make because you don't have pasta mastery is not one of those cases i can imagine a situation where we would introduce a crafting skill in the future where even the existence of it would be like oh, would be spoilery. spoilery. Like, like but, before before the wiki knew about it, yeah. it would, yeah. But that said, it's ah, probably a, not a big deal because then you're like, what do you mean? That's And that's kind of a super Yeah, I mean, unless so. it's, you know, it's like <clears throat> making the kind of, the, the, the name of the skill is making the kind of sandwiches that Bart on the moon t- taught you how to make. <laughs> like, then you're going to, oh, huh, I must need to go to the moon and talk to Bart. Like, which I don't think that would be a thing that we would call a skill like i mean it's just hard for me to imagine the name of a skill being like a spoiler about how to get the skill yeah now i'm imagining like (laughs) moon pie beef filled sandwiches moon sandwiches Uh, viral effigy says so hexadoom and i were discussing kol mobile uh just kidding uh, after missing seven <laughs> years pete was the first avatar and challenge path i've done since returning last year and i've really enjoyed it do you plan to continue the yearly avatar of paths or have we seen the last one now that we have boris jarlsberg and pete thanks again guys no i mean i think we'll probably still do one of those a year yep riff's been working on the next one yeah yep. it's different yeah no it's it seems cool yeah, it's, what I know about it's, it. it's it's still in the sort of phase where I think I I am beginning to suspect that I have too many ideas and I'm going to have to narrow some of it down. But we'll see what happens. I wow, I, no, yeah, I have there like some I have some structural ideas that would probably be super unpopular. <laughs> I think Man, you could, uh, can you imagine what I'm thinking? <laughs> well, I'm 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 it's yeah, it's going to be weird the way that he the way that Riff has described this to me. It's going to be yeah, a little weird. It's going to be a little weird anyway. Yeah. Um so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I think imagine, like we could yeah. just like probably just like set up a saw blade in town and <laughs> my concern would be readily addressed but still you know uh, what pu- we should also do we should do um we should do an avatar of kevin path and just write like an mit mystery hunt oh that, man it's that just, you access it's just... through the game and that's the path so i've i've thought about that actually and i don't know a good way to do that and preserve the like game structure of it you know like th- there's a couple of issues one is like do you do you have puzzles that are all procedurally generated such that that you don't just you can't just type in the answer mm-hmm. once it's been solved once by somebody yeah that's that's been i don't know i kind of gave up on that <laughs> after a while my the uh what was it the the lava maze was kind of i think my last hurrah at having unspoilable puzzles before i just like you know let people yeah. spoil them 
Yeah, but I mean, it would be one thing to like if if there was a generator for those, it sort of becomes more of a game than a puzzle. And I feel a little differently about that. Right. Like and that's. We don't do a lot of that. I mean, there's the there's the Porco puzzle. Well, but and then like having having to come up with, you know, 12 games instead of quests or whatever would be a lot of. Yeah. I mean, unless you're put like unless your puzzles were like solving the puzzle told you which quest you didn't have to do or whatever, you know, like or the solution to the puzzle was like. One of the things that you have to do is there are 10 different zones and you have to spend 40 turns in one of them and solving the puzzle tells you which one it is or whatever. Right. So, I mean, that's a way in which like, but it's still pretty, it's still pretty quantif. It's like, it's very coarse in terms of you solve the puzzle to get a holocron and that tells you which, uh, which of your two skills you need to level up. Right. What? The Jedi Path. Yeah, from, from the original version of Galaxies. Oh, I see. Yeah, and only one person in the entire season can actually become a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's only one. There's a, This leaderboard is just one spot, and it's just whoever the first person is to... I mean... Whoa. You know, what you could do is... Wow, because, yeah, if you have, like, a real competitive puzzle path, and there's only one leaderboard spot, and it's the person who, like, beats that path first. Well, and I mean, it could just and be, like... And submitting the wrong answer forces you to restart the whole path. Oh! It could just be, like, this is... Or or you only get to... So, like, basically, it it is a generated puzzle. You have to, like, wear some super heavy goggles or whatever the entire run. It's a normal run with just some bullshit restriction on it right. that reveals clues. And then as you're ascending, you get one opportunity to solve the puzzle, <laughs> right? <laughs> so then the speed is just faster tries at doing it. I see. Right. And then the first person that actually solves it. Wow. And I mean, like maybe submitting bad solutions. Makes the goggles heavier. <laughs> well, no, submitting bad, so- like maybe submitting bad solutions reveals how the puzzle works right mm. like maybe we uh. make it so nobody can solve it the first time so people can either collaborate and then argue about which one of them gets the right <laughs> yeah the trouble with that is that no amount of incentivizing secrecy across a population this size is enough of an incentive to actually make it happen because it only takes one person right making something yeah. public before that thing is public we have tried so many different ways of incentivizing that, and none of them have really been particularly... Well, as far as I know, the one with the uh, the Dread Tales, where we just straight up said, please keep this off the wiki. Oh, well, <laughs> that sure. That actually Not... worked. Sure. Yeah, but if there was a... If there was, like, a mechanic... Like, if there was a buff that you got for... Something. The existence of them is not something that we could keep off the wiki, right? right? right. The actual text, I mean, that's, like, I think that's fine, because I think, like, everyone agrees that this is a thing that is, like, not important, and so it's fine to hide it, and it's cooler if you actually have to go get it yourself, or, I mean, fucking whatever, like, you read over your buddy's shoulder, or go to the the Darknet wiki, where <laughs> they it's, like, just the KOL wiki, except they don't respect our wishes, and also... Every other page is just child just porn. Child porn. KOL wiki on tour. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> the deep web. <laughs> Punch Crush 11 says, hey, I'm just wondering, is it hard keeping KOL running if it's a free game where the only profit is from donations? No, it's not. Thanks to the extreme generosity of our player base. We've been very fortunate that it has not been hard at all. It has been a fucking treat the entire time. 
And I know that sounded sarcastic, but that was a that was an earnest. <laughs> yeah, well, really, that, 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 now that I think about it, that totally did. But that's like that is just a, like an honest. Super, yeah, that was an earnest. That was genuine. an earnest and heartfelt fucking. <laughs> <laughs> we do have like one of the best player bases. I think any game could ever ask for in the entire world, even though yeah, a, a couple yeah. a couple of members of them have have made you sad to visit the forums. I feel like in general, like our players are super, super awesome and supportive of us. Stealth Hunter writes, hi there. Is there a possibility to set up a merchant that sells the KOL merchandise in Europe? I think that would be cool. I really want a Nogamug. Uh, yeah, man. We've talked about that a couple times and never come up with a good way to do that. Yeah, I mean, if we just... Do we not sell... Oh, we do. It's just ridiculously expensive. No, we just... We stopped. They never make it. We do not sell glassware internationally oh. anymore because it always ends up costing us hundreds of dollars per glass. Oh, okay. Like, because they just never they make it break. there in one piece. No matter how carefully we pack them, customs will not repack them that carefully. So... Oh, because they open everything? Yeah, they open it, unpack it, and then apparently just drop it yeah just put it in a crate of bowling balls to ship it the rest of the way to the person so yeah i mean it sucks but we just you know you know we had talked about like just finding some cohort in right not a <clears throat> not a cohort what's a what word am i thinking? a confederate a confederate in uh britain when i was thinking in like tennessee you know, like find a confederate. <laughs> oh, right. I, I don't know. Oh man, the, the what if like Texas secedes from the U.S.? Would we? Would our prohibition on sending glassware count? <laughs> the idea was, of like having to fly to England once a year to restock a gray market KOL supplier would be so great. <laughs> yeah, just having what? Because I mean. You just you just have like a, two checked bags that are just the the maximum allowable box size filled with coffee mugs, coffee mugs and shot glasses and yeah, that'd be great. Carry you, you're not afraid that heavy. you would get arrested for muggling. Oh. <laughs> oh. Number two, can you uh, think of including a double rainbow in the game? I'm guessing there's a joke about it somewhere. Like, I would I not like be averse to, like, some random offhand joke to it, but, like, I mean... We also, like, the double rainbow thing was weird, because we don't like it when people effectively make fun of somebody that's having a genuinely heartfelt reaction to something. You know, you know what I mean? Like, that was... I, I felt weird about that that whole sort of internet sensation like all the internet stuff that is just people being mean to people is yeah just i mean the tasteful. the like you know the way that i interpret and then and you know i've been told that this was not necessarily the case but like the reaction to to rebecca black friday whatever like i just stayed away from it because i was like eh, hmm. i don't i don't need to go find something to make fun of i mean like I thought that the editing the actual lightsaber into Star Wars Kid was funny, but then, like, and I also think that guy is kind of being an asshole about it. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that it was, like, super mean-spirited and to to a greater or lesser extent just, like, fucked up this kid's childhood pretty seriously. Hmm. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me, you know, as somebody who was constantly 
embarrassed by other people. It is hard for me to imagine getting really torn up about something like that, no matter what the scale of it is. That said, didn't happen to me, so Yeah. I don't know where I I don't know where I land on that one. Everybody getting their fifteen minutes of fame has just not really borne out. It's like one in a million people will get their an hour and a half of internet notoriety. Right. <laughs> Rifarama says also I'm pretty sure that Andy Warhol didn't actually arrive at some mathematical <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> a- axiom about the way that society is supposed to work. Rifforama writes, I've decided to take a whack at the dead horse. Here goes. What if KOL for mobile was really just a mobile KOL chat client? People can use their phones to chat with their clannies while at work, in class, whatever. Uh, and if you add some Uncle C.D. Moyer magic, you could allow for chat commands and macros that use adventures. Something like slash adventure zone abbreviation number of turns. Would that not be reasonable on a phone size screen? It would be, but that is currently reasonable on a phone size screen. Like if all you're doing is interacting with one pane of KOL, you can totally already do that on a phone. Um just by zooming in on that pane or just by logging in on your phone and then putting in the URL of that pane. I'm not going to let you adventure via chat command, especially multiple times in a row. Like there is a level of automation that I am unwilling to support in the native interface. And what would it mean to adventure via chat command when that means that multiple things. Yeah, there's a bunch happen. of you're presented with a bunch of like decisions to make that you're not making because they're not displayed to you. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I just just that's not going to work. But what you're suggesting is a thing that you can already do. And it would not. It, you can't really support it any better than it's already supported because it's just a web page. Right. Like. I don't know. Chris wrote some yeah, he, KOL he chat application one. that he uses. I don't you know. I don't know if there would be any sense in polishing that up and putting it on the store, putting it on the app store or not, because it just seems like, you know, 10 people would download it. I think it might already be on the app store. Oh, yeah. Right. Maybe not. But I thought I thought in order to like publish it, he had to put it somewhere. But I think it hasn't been deployed. I think I think it exists in that infrastructure because it has to in order to get it onto a phone for testing or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Boy, is that just the most unfriendly seeming process? Yep. Mm. Like, it's weird that we're so many years into I- iOS development, and that is still an unsolved problem. Like test flight is pretty good, but it's still kind of a pain in the ass. Is that a way that you can deploy Builds without something to, to beta testers without having to jailbreak it or oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. without having to know all their device IDs or do you still have to know their device? ID? Test flight gives them basically as it, it serves as a middleman. Okay. So yeah, man. Storm dragon writes, Hey guys. Regarding the possibility of a Pete skill like Boris's request sandwich, I remember that many weeks ago you mentioned that there was no way for you to track how many skill points were acquired by ascending and how many by drinking mojo shots. I don't know if you've already decided to completely discard the Pete skill idea, but in case you didn't, couldn't you just give the skill to people who've completed 30 softcore Age of Sneaky Pete or 15 hardcore runs? Or 8 and 11, for example? Uh, perhaps this way you could track eligibility. Just a thought. Thanks. Ho, ho. Oh, that was a kiss hug, kiss hug. <laughs> um, yeah, that would work. Have you pronou- started to pronounce X like... The Greek Kai. Yeah. Ho. Javier. Javier. Charles Javier. <laughs> Kodrick says, 
Today a weird thing happened. I defeated a hippie during the war on the same turn that I died from the year on fire debuff. Even though I definitely killed the hippie, it did not count towards my war progress because I was beaten up in the same turn. Any plans to address this odd situation to make it more clear that progress hasn't happened or make it so progress still happens? I believe Toad in the Hole can cause the same issue, possibly also all covered in what's it. There's likely similar frat skills, but I haven't fought that side for long, so I don't or for so long I don't remember them. Um No, because you didn't it, like ties go to the monster and it's not that's not really like an ideological thing it's just the way the fight script works also tithes go to the monster right so, so when, when you, you have give 10 percent of your meat mm, yeah disappear it's the monster ticket so i mean and it also comes up so infrequently like, what? so few monsters have things that will passively deal damage to you after they're dead. Yeah. Right? And... Because I don't think that even things like... If a monster has, like, a damage aura, right? Anything that's, like, codified in the special properties instead of being, like, a weird, old, hard-coded thing doesn't trigger if the monster's dead. So there, there's, there are just a vanishingly small number of edge cases where st- something like that can happen. And I don't... Nah, I don't know. I mean, it would, it would lead to... Like, and not that this would ever happen either. Like, this would be such a weird confluence of things that this would literally probably never happen. But if there was a fight that chained to another fight, the behavior of that would be super fucked up and goofy if you went into that fight with no hit points. Hmm. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be like that goofy, right? It would just instantly, that fight would instantly be over and you would lose. But, eh, I don't know. Uh, Joe the Sorcerer says, I think that the next clan dungeon boss should have a stupidly large amount of health. However, damage dealt from fight to fight carries over to the next clan member to fight the boss, effectively making it a clan-wide effort to Zerg rush the boss to death. The more members in your clan, the higher the health. See, that's where that plan always falls apart, because... The more members in your clan is a number mm. that can change from moment to moment, and anything mechanically tied to that becomes gameable. Yeah, it becomes the thing where you're playing a game where you're fucking around with the number of people that are in your clan towards yep. some end. We've had a similar idea in the past, though, of like world events with monsters with a single gigantic hit point pool for all the players in the game to fight. Yeah. And I mean, not to reveal trade secrets, but what we've always landed on is that, you know, we could also just pretend that that's how it worked <laughs> and it would be exactly the same experience for the players, only way less hard to. It would not be exactly the same if you gave them some sort of countdown list. Um. Yeah, but then. You'd have to deal with, like, (sighs) you can't really let one guy kill the boss, if that's the case, right? Why not? Because multiple people have to be able to be in fights with it at the same time. Like, they have to, or it's just not. Could we not have them just get messages, say, oh, boss is dead, somebody killed by so-and-so? And then kick him out of the fight. I mean, yeah, you technically could, but I feel like that would be crazy dissatisfying for all of the people who were like, oh, he died while I was fighting him, but I didn't kill him. I mean, it, like... Maybe there could be a cue to fight him. Is it dissatisfying, or is it more compelling uh, because it was a cue to a fight real... him 
a cue a to fight him across the whole game would that would people would just troll the shit out of that. Okay, <laughs> but like, would it be dissatisfying or would it be exciting because you were doing something in real time with other players? Uh, I mean, what if what if we punctuated the battle with lists of what everybody else was doing, and oh. so when you went to attack, or right, then I think that we would end up with channel. exactly the same player experience as the Crimbomination, but it would be a thousand times harder to actually implement and way more prone to like fucked up like coincidence failures and stuff. What is a coincidence failure? Just like, like it, we did when we just pretended that everybody was fighting the Crimbomination Mm -hmm. and damaging it over time, we didn't have to worry about five people killing him at the same time because no one killed him. And that's fine. Right. Right. It's, like, there are all sorts of things that can go wrong if multiple people are fighting what is nominally the same monster at once, and rather than having to deal with all of those edge cases and risking failure to deal with those in the context of a, like, one-time world event where it's really important that people have a good time with it, just why not give people the exact same experience only one that's not going to potentially be all fucked up and also really hard to do. Right? Like, I don't think... When it... You know, when it's something like... Like, El Vibrato Island, like, whatever, right? Like, that was cool, and it was probably pretty cool for that one guy. And that's also a very different thing. Like, whoever is the first person to click on this thing, that is trivially easy to track. Right. Because there's just one big thing. It's like, have you clicked on this or not? But when there are going to be a hundred people in that fight Hmm. and one of them is going to, you know, be the one that gets the item drop or whatever, maybe who knows? Like there's there is so much to lose and so little to gain by complicating it on the back end to make it to, to give it like more. What's the word for when something is like the real world? Uh, Skeuomorphic. Verisimilitude? Verisimilitude. Right. When (laughs) that level of verisimilitude only exists to us because we're the only ones who know how it works. Like, again, the the only sort of counterexample that I can raise to this is uh, having like an actual countdown number that people are working towards, right? Like if they're if the monster has a billion hit points and everybody is participating and they can see how much they're contributing to that. Right, but I think displaying that number is only going to draw attention to how janky it is. Even in the best possible implementation. Huh. So in a fight where everybody is actively doing damage and somebody lands the killing blow or whatever is it not acceptable to let everybody else who also lands a killing blow in the, in that 30 second period to also be given the message that they've killed them and and whatnot hmm. and then everybody after that gets just gets kicked out of the fight like it was a rollover or something what do you mean everybody after that gets kicked out of the fight so the next time that they click on a thing, they said, oh, the boss is already dead. He's been killed. 
Right. Well, like, not so, I mean, starting a fight isn't the same as getting kicked out of a fight. I mean, what you what you just suggested was to let all of the fights complete normally. There is no there's never a point where you kick anybody out of a fight in the situation that you just described. OK, so <clears throat> in the situation where in the situation that makes sense, you kick everybody but one guy out of the fight once that one guy does it. But like the thing is, you kick them out of the fight at whatever point they decide to try to click a button again, like because this is asynchronous and right. because you can be in a fight as long as you're logged in right up until that's, rollover. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I said in a 30 second window. If you're the per- if, if you are there when the boss is killed, you can get the experience of having been the one to kill the boss. Right? I mean, that just seems like. Like, it seems like you take away everything that is interesting about it if you do that, because there isn't a guy that killed the boss. Like, there isn't a group of in people that killed the boss. And that in is all the people that were excited about being about fighting this guy. I just I really feel like you just end up creating a lot of bad blood for people who are like, well, what the fuck? I was fighting him then. Why didn't I get it when this other person sitting right next to me who happened to click it a billionth of a second before me? I mean, that's why I'm saying there's a 30 second window. I know. I understand what I am trying to say is that there are so many easier and less bullshit things that we can do that seem exactly the same as that to the player. Well, except that nobody gets to claim that they were the one killing to kill the boss. Right. Like, like there I'm I'm saying that there are things about about a a multi-person fight that don't don't translate to a sort of like simulated multi-person fight where the boss doesn't actually have hit points we just decide that he he is dead at a certain point or whatever right like do you know what i mean like there there are ways in which the experience doesn't translate right but to say but it would it would be a variable it would be a different experience it would be a one-time experience for like basically a random number of people yes which i don't like that at all like it's that seems it is it is really surprising to me that you would be satisfied with something like that even in theory because i mean i'm excited by the possibility of like weird emergent like player behavior like what if like they organize it so that Okay, it looks like we're, you know, we'll get down to the last 100,000 hit points. Let's make sure as many people are online at the t- at the time as possible so that everybody can try to be in the fight to kill him at the, in the last minute of his life or whatever. You, do you know what I mean? Like, this seems like a thing that is very fun to describe, but not a thing that would make any sense to anybody in this video game. Like, it's not... Like... The reason that clan dungeons work the way that they do Mm -hmm. is because that's the way shit has to work if it's actually going to be multiplayer in this game. And it's not to say that there aren't ways that you could do it. It's just like, I don't think that there is any benefit to figuring out a way to do that that is going to be just like arbitrarily fucked up either on purpose or by accident by some number of people that we don't get to decide how many people that is like. I would rather use existing methods to create a satisfying experience for a number of people that we've decided this thing is going to okay. be deployed to. I mean, like it just, it just seems like there's, there are possibilities there that could be fun and exciting that we just can't ever do. If I, we're going to, it's not that we can't ever do them. It's just that 
in in my mind the sort of like comprehensibility to joy ratio is way off hmm. for something like that like it just seems like it seems like doing something like that is going to confuse and disappoint just as many people as it makes happy whereas we could do something that was much much simpler that we had much more control over how it played out that would just just do the making people happy part i feel like i have I'm trying to remember examples, but like I've definitely have been involved in online scenarios where there are a bunch of people vying for a single prize and there's like a counter and you click on it and it's going down or going up or whatever. And if you're the person to click on it at the time that it turns to a million or zero or whatever that that thing is, you get the prize. And then if you click on it, when you aren't that person like oh the curiosity cube is in a prime example right there was one person who got to like be the person to click the I last cube guarantee that they faked that whoa there is no way there is ju- there is just no way that is a major contention. there is just no way that what that guy saw was one cube on his screen and then he clicked it and he was the only one well, to see I, that i like, don't think they, he was he saw that one was cube abs- they he- they admitted that the cube wasn't like they didn't have the tech to actually update it like that in real time. Like they just also just decided when they were getting I'm near guessing that to they, the center. They like they had a program decide for them. I don't yeah. think they picked person like a, they did. They decided. Oh wow! They decided when t- they just decided when the cube was. Oh, we're down to the last ten layers, and they admitted sure. that they decided that. Like they, I guarantee, I guarantee that they faked that. You can't. You can't do that. There isn't there isn't enough internet in the world for a million people to all be doing the same thing in the same space and all be seeing the same thing. I think your the way that you are saying faked it, it doesn't jibe with my notion of what it means to fake something. Like they there was I don't think there was any intentionality on their part. I think that they probably said, okay, we're going to let our central server decide when the last cube was clicked based on whatever algorithms it has for determining, you know, primacy of cube clicking or whatever. (laughs) And then that was the person that won, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't that they like sat there and then were like, okay, this, this guy is going to be the one, right? Like they didn't, I don't think there was intentionality in that way about it. Right. And like, I think, if I had to hazard a guess, what I am saying is that they did have a count that was an approximation of how many times people had clicked, mm-hmm. right? But then they just decided at some point that it was over, pressed a button, and saw what the last registered click was, and that was the guy that they gave it to. Well, they couldn't do it late. See, the, the reason I have with you, the reason I have a problem with your contention is, like, they had to do it at a point when people were still seeing cubes on the thing, right? Because if there was a point where there were just no cubes left and, and like, nothing had happened and, like, it wasn't declared over yet, there would have been a big outcry, right? So at the moment that the compu- like that their central server thought that there was enough, that there had been enough clicks it needed to to end right and i guarantee that when it ended everybody who was looking at it still saw a shitload of cubes on their screen and then it suddenly got replaced with a thing that said it's over like there's like 
But I, that is that is true of every synchronous event like that. Is that that you will see that the boss has a hundred hit points, and then you'll click to hit him, and then be like, "Oh, you know, Joe Bob forty nine killed him. Sorry, right?" Like that's I I don't think that that is unusual or unexpected for a for a multiplayer video game experience, right? Like, no, but. KOL has a frame rate of X where X is determined by the user. Okay. So it's not like asynchronous is an entirely different kind of thing than synchronous. Like it just is. Right. If KOL was a mud, we could do this. If KOL was like in World of Warcraft server architecture, we could do this. In KOL, it would be too fucking weird to actually implement and it wouldn't be fun for people. It would just be confusing and fucked up. And what we could do is something that works better with the infrastructure that we have and is more satisfying to people. That's, that's my contention. I mean, I guess if, if what you want is for people to say, yeah, wow, there was some confusing shit that happened and I guess I lost. And then a couple of other people to say, oh, there was some confusing shit that happened and I guess I won. <laughs> then sure, maybe that's fun I, I, from you know, a certain I think point you're of being, view. I think you're being ungenerous, right? Like, cause I, I don't but, think but, no, what I'm saying is if that's the experience that you want to provide to people, we could just provide that experience to people. As opposed to like doing something that on our end is like, oh, yeah, there is a number that represents how many hit points the boss has. Right. Because there can't be that number. There can't be that number at any given moment in any meaningful sense, because that number is waiting on an arbitrary number of people to wait an arbitrary amount of time to God, click and just, get a, the screen. Refreshed. You know that that's not true. That's that's what's frustrating to me. Right. Like. Like if there is a if there's a, a hit point total on a boss that we set as a global variable, that table updates and is locked right, when it's being but updated. But no one can see it. What? Uh, I know that. Right? Then like, it doesn't matter if nobody can see it. Then it effectively doesn't matter. If nobody can see a value, the the target of that value should be whatever creates the most satisfying experience for the player, not whatever most realistically models Godzilla attacking seaside town or whatever. Like, because it it is not, that number does not translate into a consistent or meaningful experience for the player because at no point can the player see what that number actually is. So do you object to real time updates of leaderboards because those numbers are also meaningless? Right, because if you haven't if you haven't refreshed your browser window, it, those numbers could just be totally wrong. Because like in the in the past five <coughs> seconds, somebody could like all ten I, of those top spaces could I have don't, been replaced. I don't object to it. What I object to would be using that for a single point in time event that is important to people. Right. What I don't want is to draw attention to the fact that the leaderboards only update when you hit refresh by making it so some some number of people experience disappointment as a result of it that's that's think that the ocean was fundamentally disappointing to people when spots were uniquely discovered by individuals 
I don't because there wasn't like a running count of how many unexplored spots there were. Like, but people could get to a spot before others in real time, right? Like, and you would you would know once you'd tried to go there whether somebody had been there or not, right? You, like, it would you, look it would it would. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you could. But when you went to a spot in the ocean event that somebody had already been to, you didn't know if it was five seconds ago or five days ago. Right. I mean, a bunch of a bunch of things like that, where there's just a single thing that just checks. Is this X or Y? Also, they weren't fights. There wasn't like this weird in between state where multiple people could start it, but only one person could finish it or like only some arbitrarily decided on number of people could finish it. Right. I mean, that's I mean, that's why we didn't do it that way, because that's weird. And because, like, in that case, we wanted there to be, like, a specific number of prize X and a specific number of prize Y. And the thing that made that interesting is that the number for Y was one. Right. And so I don't know. I just kind of object to the I just object to the notion of. All right. So this is a boss. He drops this unique item that however many people click this within 30 seconds of having started the fight within the, I didn't necessarily like, there would be a unique boss item drop or something like that like right like that would be a little weird if you wanted there to only be one item or something I mean I kind of want there to only be one guy that kills a thing if that thing is supposed to exist in the world right okay and it's better for there to be zero imagine, than 2d6 let's imagine a thousand people fighting Godzilla right and Let's imagine that hit points is a meaningful term or whatever. Like if you're on his, you know, standing on his knees, whacking at him with a sword and somebody is like standing on his head, shooting his eyeballs with arrows or whatever. Nobody fucking knows who lands the killing blow. Everybody that's there when he eventually just falls over feels like they were the one that killed him. Right. And that's okay. That's the kind of experience that I'm saying we could provide and the game would would decide on its own when that happened and how many people were were there because he actually had a hit point total right i like mean the- if you if you don't want if you don't want the state of having killed godzilla to have any meaningful gameplay repercussions then sure but i, I mean but I mean, you could have an that is another thing that would also achievement for but, having killed Godzilla. But that's another thing that would also be way, people. way easier to fake than to do for real and would be just as satisfying to the player. That's that's my my issue with it. Like, if it's not actually going to mean anything in terms of any of the things that people care about mechanically playing KOL, if it's just a story thing, mm-hmm. why not present it as a story thing instead of cramming it into an existing mechanical system that doesn't support it, right? If there's no reason, at that point, there's sort of no reason for it to even be a fight, right? Except, I mean, I guess, like, yes, you're fighting a thing, but I mean... You get to bring to bear all of the things that that you get to do in a fight in KOL, which is... But not in a way that make any difference. Yeah. I mean, you get to do more or less damage based on what you use in the fight, right? Like... You're contributing to bringing this number, which started at a billion, down to zero or whatever, right? Like, and he has huge damage mitigation, so it's super important that everybody get involved, or else it's going to take forever, you know? I, 
I think we just disagree on what might be an interesting experience for players to have. No, I mean, I, you're you're probably right, but I mean, I like. I I definitely so here's here's the problem. I definitely agree that you can have very satisfying experiences where you don't present the players with quasi real time information about what is going on because it will feel very much the same as if it was real time information, right? Like not having a defined amount of hit points in the beginning and just deciding when or whether he can be defeated or what happens at that moment. You know, like that's, that's fine. You know, like we can say like midday. I mean, I think the, you have to do that. Say what? Like you, I think you have to do that because if you just said, all right, well, this guy has these certain resistances and certain amount of damage mitigation and he has a billion hit points. Like yeah. the, there's every possibility that we are so far off the mark that, well, I guess Godzilla is just going to be fucking up Seaside Town for four months. Sorry. <laughs> that's weird. I guess I, you know, it's weird that none of the NPCs notice, but like, I mean, that's why it provides a better experience if you fake it. It provides a different experience, right? Like better, better is the subjective thing that I'm, that, that I'm well, arguing. With okay, you sure. But I mean, I guess my, my contention is that we are good at our jobs. Okay. And so experiences that we author for the player are going to be better than experiences that are authored randomly. Like, okay. I, so can we at least agree that we have a sufficient Z score that our efforts at design are better than chance? I would. Ah, okay. But here is my, here's my problem with that statement. Like the whole point of KOL is that we have a bunch of miniature authored experiences that we present to you in random order. Right. So like we're doing both of those things simultaneously, right? Like, we don't tell you how the fight's going to end. You still have to do something. And like, that's going to depend on the skills that you have available to you and stuff like that. Like, and also what you happen to roll. Was it an encounter that was with a monster? Was it, was it a non-combat encounter? Was it, did you have teleportitis and go to some completely random zone? Do you know, like, like we are not authoring every second of a player's experience. Right. And so. Yes, but I don't think that that is a sufficient counter argument to my Godzilla should not be attacking this town for four months. Okay. Supposition. But, so then if, if you, if you suppose that, then you also have to have to question whether or not we're good at our jobs. Right. If we fuck up to the point where Godzilla is attacking for our, the town for four months, then we were just not good at our jobs. Right. Okay. But I would rather us be able to not be good at our jobs and have that not cause this bullshit experience for a bunch of people okay but we are also smart enough where if godzilla was attacking the town and we're like oh shit this is going to take four months Before, we could we could add some fucking godzilla kryptonite that reduces it points know, by 10 percent. you could you know? speak for yourself about being smart enough but i would like to present biggs dig as yeah. exhibit a on a time when i was categorically not smart enough to well, do that we vastly underestimated the amount of of stuff that players could do right like have we ever overshot we've never overshot anything so far like because the same the same thing happened with people would say this people would say that smithsness was an overshot no but i'm talking about i'm talking about the kind of shit we're talking about where we're trying to create an event type experience well, we don't do we don't do that kind of thing very often i think this is one of the reasons that you're gun shy about it right is here's here's one of the reasons this is, here's one of the reasons why I'm gun shy about it. 
the times when we don't try to do worldy experiences where there is a sort of a consistent thing that people are multiplayer interacting with is because they invariably result in a worse player experience than than just fakey bullshit like the Valhalla invasion, which is probably the best thing we ever did. And it and it felt to the player like they were a part of a big thing sure. without us having to cram a bunch of shit into KOL systems that KOL systems don't support. And so I'm just I'm I am gun shy about doing things that are historically proven to not like it is an interesting story, right? Like the ocean event is kind of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Bigs dig kind of an interesting story but boy were people really 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 unhappy and boy were they not at but all nervous we, about explaining to me how solved, unhappy they were and whose we fault it was solved that problem though we, right d- did we yeah we did because like we were, they were like not, we didn't get enough of this so we're like well okay that's not have some that more. is not a, that is not much of a balm for the failure that that represents in my memories hmm. of it right like we did like making somebody really sad and then making it up to them is not the same thing as making somebody happy. Like, and there were no like crushing disappointments in the Valhalla. I think that that's not necessarily event. true, right? Like somebody who had a store full of 90,000 photo proto neutron torpedoes and didn't log in until halfway through that day and was like, Fuck. Well, shit, right? But that's, that is circumstance in a way that failures of nominally multiplayer systems are not, I don't think. Like, people who missed Big's Dig didn't think, oh man, I missed it. They thought, wow, they really fucked up. Whereas people who, people who didn't randomly price shit that got popular at some moment that we weren't even sure mm-hmm. when it was going to be that is a lot harder to like a that yeah to me it, and i mean as maybe attributing blame for these things is not meaningful and That's not kind of what i and not feel, important right? but like <clears throat> if if you have if I, let's I, say we I'm, have a, let's I, say know, that the we thing, have a hundred players about this argument is like i agree with you like 90% of the way. Like what I just, what I, I disagree with is the adamance that, that it, that there's never going to be a situation where this isn't worth trying. Right. Like I feel like I can imagine situations where it would be kind of exciting to have a counter where you're actually making real world progress that you can see if like you were the only one logged in and you hit the boss for 500 damage, his total goes down by 500. Right. Like, and that, that would be kind of exciting. Right. I mean, yes, it would be, but what, what actually happens in that situation is that you start fighting this boss and you see that he has 10,000 hit points and then you do one damage and he's dead because <laughs> a thousand other things that you couldn't see happened sure. in between those two things happening. And that's just confusing, right? I mean, that's the, like... I whereas, think it depends whereas, a lot on how you present it, right? Like, whereas I, I we could, could do the, something like the Crimbomination, which was just a faked version of exactly the same thing sure. that you're describing as far as almost everyone knows sure only it was comprehensible to a player in the moment and it was real easy to code i, I agree with that, the so easiness that's the, and i can 
could argue one way or the other. You know me. Whenever something's hard, I adamantly refuse to acknowledge any possibility of ever doing it. Right, Riff? Sure. King Bobson writes, are we going to get a hole in the sky revamp or replacement at any point? Because without Olfaction, there's some hideous swing in that zone. I mean, I lost a combat in their last ascension, Age of Sneaky Pete, no Olfaction, a single combat, and that cost me 21 turns. And I've had several runs recently where getting the astronomers early would have saved me around 20 turns. I just don't think that's a particularly friendly way to go around things, you know? Just because of the lack of star charts? Yeah, because it's because there are a shitload of monsters in there that are a lot of monsters zone. In there. I mean... I imagine that what I would do, yeah, you know, probably what I would do is I would just put, and I might just do this, I might just make it so you get an astronomer every 10 turns, right? Because all I would have to do would be to put in a force non-combat with a non-combat rate of zero, and that non-combat just starts a fight with an astronomer. What about something that you can make out of uh, a star chart and some stars and lines that lets you fight an astronomer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I think you can... A little mini astronomer that you fight and get the star chart back out of it would be a thing that people would pull. Hmm. Well, but why wouldn't they just pull the star chart? Can you not... Can you? I don't think. Why wouldn't they pull the thing the star chart made? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, they pull it in hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I guess you could have a little mini constellation familiar that drops star charts. You could have an astronomer tattoo that you could you could select that as your tattoo, and then if you were wearing still that tattoo in a hardcore run, you could fight it. I guess star charts probably aren't quest items because nothing was a quest item back then. Right. Back in those heady days when we wrote the actual most offensive things, but when they weren't new enough in a climate of offendability that anybody gives a shit. <sighs> Is the hole in the sky offensive? It, um, I mean, my contention is that it is so much more just overtly juvenile than the orc chasm. Right. Yeah, like the orc that. chasm, the orc chasm is just, it's sleazier. It's the hole in this, but it's, but it's just the hole in the sky only doesn't go as far. Right. Like in the hole in the sky, they have suggestive names and suggestive everything else. Whereas in the orc chasm, it is primarily just suggestive names and then on the nose descriptions of things mm-hmm. because that's the fucking joke. I don't remember much about the, the hole in the sky. The, like the contents of like the, the fight texts and stuff. Yeah, like that. Go back and read it. It's it, like, it is absurd that someone would complain about the orchasm, but not the hole in the sky. Like, it's just ridiculous. If you huh. actually go read it, it's ridiculous, but it was so old that nobody cared. Yeah. It was so old that it wasn't like a new, exciting thing to get outraged about. Like the fucking internet is for <laughs> now. Did you see um, what Patton Oswalt was doing on Twitter today? I did not. He was, apologizing for non-existent tweets that he had deleted does he he like would say something like you know i deleted that last tweet that wasn't cool we all know what grape and ape rhymes with it just wasn't funny i'm sorry but this was a tweet that didn't that never actually existed he was just apologizing for this 
this non-existent rape wow. joke. Oh man, did it start a, de- yes, did it start a it national debate nuts. about whether rape joke <laughs> jokes are okay? Well, now, I don't know about national debate, but Twitter exploded for a little while with people being really offended about these jokes that never actually existed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an excellent social experiment. Stumps McGee writes, so if quests don't reset in Spring Break Beach, Spring Break Breach, Spring Break Beach, when you ascend, does that mean that they are even more unstuck in time than adventurers are? That's a good question. Yeah. How does that fit into the whole temporal narrative? I mean, it's far away, so <laughs> it's, okay. it could be that every, huh. you know, I mean, it isn't any weirder than. Like, if you ascend, the instance of Dreadsylvania that your clan is in is still, its state is tracked differently. Oh, Jesus. Right? Yeah, so, whoa, I mean, it's weird. it's like that, right? It's it's just a, a different place that isn't subject to the rules of the, like, standard. So, the basement is actually some sort of weird portal to <laughs> other space-time continuities. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, we thought it was fine... When there was only one thing and it was in a sewer <laughs> for the basement to be the way you got to everywhere. But it's getting weirder. No, it's fine. I think it's it's hilarious is what it is. Yeah. Dreadsylvania. I great. mean, Dreadsylvania kind of isn't real, right? Because you like the container document is the map. Right. Which only happens on the main map in yep. a normal game. It was the airport is also weird, too, because the airport is itself a map. Yeah. Yeah. And it has writing on it, which is unusual. I never, like, KOL would be perfect for the, like, sort of classic video game diegetic map. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like where you're in a where you're in a network of subway tunnels and you see a subway map on the wall that would actually be there in the fiction. And that's your map. Mm-hmm. It's kind of terrible, like, because the thing about video game maps is if I can't look at them all the time, I'm always lost. <laughs> um Except for the fact that Kate, well, doesn't doesn't need to. You don't need to lower. Oh, sure, but I'm just saying the trope of the diegetic yeah. map. Like, why don't we use that all the time? Why is it like weirdly this thing that has only happened twice in the entire history of the game, and they were both in the past couple months, couple months, you know, a couple months ago when we did Dreadsylvania and the main map <laughs> and the main map, main map, I guess counts. Was that just like this is just a really weird looking planet? Wait, weren't weren't, <laughs> weren't all of the Uncle P's maps maps? Oh, they were. Yeah, and the default border in the place spindlers map. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's just. I mean, that's just so that it is something. Okay. You know. <laughs> anyway. Hmm, Capum K says, I love this month's item and the interesting precedent it sets. The content is cool and I like that you put in weird monsters to satisfy the DNA seeking players. Yeah, I wish people had known ahead of time that that was going to happen. Well, but you know, I didn't really. Um, but there's one thing I want to say. I noticed that the gift shop includes a skill book for a permeable passive three sleaze resist. This is great, but you would damned well better follow through and make a full set of five with the lighter astral planes, you goddamn motherfucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That is one of the best questions we've ever gotten. (laughs) It really is. And yeah, I am. And you know, if you want them, uh, you might have to buy four more items of the month (laughs) next uh, year and a half or so. So, uh, wow, that is so good. That was so good. 
Yeah, that would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I feel like the ice the ice plane has a bunch of really good ideas. Yeah, it's a oh god, There's so many so, funny things going but on there. Are uh, could, mm, are we allowed to? No, let's not spoil stuff. Like it's oh, people. Yeah, so yeah. good. Has anybody complained about the content in Spring Break Beach? I've not heard. Not, not so far as I saw. People seem to like the mushroom girls. I did edit the word boobs out of one thing that you wrote. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I don't remember what that would have been. Oh, man. When you. This was weird. Hot Stuff said, Riff, I'm going through and editing all oh, this right. protein stuff because come on. I interpreted that to mean that Riff had made the joke that the Brogurt was made out of semen <laughs> and that you had gone oh, in God. and removed. <laughs> The things that explicitly said you were consuming semen. Wow. I was like, wow, yeah, that, what was Riff thinking? But then it turns out that you were just like, how did you, how could you miss the protein joke? I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I did, huh? I never, I never saw that. Uh, I must, when I went through the, uh, devlogs after I got back, I must have missed that. Yeah. The, the 8,000 billion lines of devlog. <laughs> yeah it was we got, we got new we got new dev members it got busy in there it's fucking great i mean the reason that we did that is because it was getting kind of sparse <laughs> so sure yeah, we got some we got some cool new kids in dev who do we have we have lots of phil and bmr are not we're not supposed to spoil it it's in the documentation, the documentation. lots of phil bmr uh lilac and we got 540 yeah. and there's one more that is in the process of accepting the invitation i guess yep. so. so that's cool so more people that you can blame on stuff not everything is pantsless's fault anymore <laughs> yeah although a lot of it still is we sometimes should, it's Ron. we should give uh, riff a chance to have a pretty pretty horse experience while we go <laughs> right. eat some tater tots <laughs> right so uh folks thanks for listening to this kingdom of loathing podcast uh it's a f- another fun argument between me and me and hot stuff i guess that's a thing <laughs> that people enjoy Get excited about maybe <laughs> right, riff seemed to be enjoying it mm-hmm. if his silence was an indication of enjoyment i think that's I that is that is out of the way <laughs> that's my cue that most people are enjoying what i'm doing is yeah. when riff is silent it's when anyone is silent yeah. <laughs> all right well at the sound of the tone please uh, flip the record over and listen to video games hot dog and we'll see you next week have a great week everybody. i mean in a half hour i mean in however <laughs> long it takes see ya goodbye